0: You know, I'm sure Jesus, like we know, he didn't want to go to the cross. And sometimes we had to put our feelings down because probably if we were to be honest, most of us would rather be home sitting in our recliner watching a show or doing something like that. And, uh, you know, (laughs) you okay, girl? Father, we just thank you, whatever that is bothering Riley has to go in Jesus name. Um, Pastor asked me to do uh, teach some on Wednesday night, like he said, there'll be others that are doing that as well, um, because we've been teaching in the Ladies Bible study along the lines of the power of our words. You silly thing. Um, and that ties in with what he's been teaching on uh, our thoughts being containers. Okay, hold on just a moment. Since we're not live. We're all live. If you are live. You. Here she comes. Uh-huh. I've had that happen where I had that happen in Walmart, it was terrible, Costco. or Costco, they were with me, know what I'm standing in line, got that little tickle, and coughing uncontrollably, try to drink water, it pours all over the floor, nobody cares, I was like, and you feel like saying, I don't have COVID, anyway, let's pray, enough <laughs> of, all of all that, Father, we just give you glory and honor tonight, I humble myself under your mighty hand, and I yield myself to the spirit of God within. And, Father, I just lift up each and every one tonight that we will have ears to hear, not with our outer ear, but with our spirit, man. And, Father, we know that these are the last of the last days, and you are endeavoring by your spirit to get across a message to your people of how important the confession of your word is, how important taking our thoughts captive is, how important it is to speak the life-giving word over our families and our situations. And so, Father, I just thank you that you speak through me what you would have me to say, and all glory goes to you in Jesus' name. So, uh, I didn't have time to get the scriptures in, but... uh, Genesis 1, 1, and 2, I want to just look at this. You know, when you start at the beginning, you might as well go to the beginning. And Genesis is a book of beginnings. And so um, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved, the Amplified says, it, he hovered, or he brooded, over the face of the deep now wait a minute if we go over to hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 it says by faith we understand the worlds during the successive ages were framed fashioned put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of god so that we see so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible These really magnify. (laughs) Ah, Or are we just home folk? (laughs) That's who I am. (laughs) If you look at these scriptures, it would seem like they contradict each other. Because in the beginning, it says that God created the heavens and the earth. But then it goes on to say, but it was without form and void. There was darkness. So do you think that our loving... Heavenly Father, the one who's created all that we see, the mountains and the beautiful state that we live in. Do you think that in his creativeness, he created something that wasn't void, darkness? The Bible tells us that he is light and there is no darkness in him. So what happened between in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void, was what the Bible talks about when Lucifer was cast out of heaven. And he was cast to earth, and there is no light in him. There's only darkness in him. There's nothingness in him. And so that's what he brought to the earth. And so we read over there in Hebrews the third, or 11, uh, 3, that he created everything for a purpose. Everything has form and function to it. He created the, the sky, the stars, the moon, all these wonderful things. He created mountains and trees and herb-bearing and fruit-bearing trees for our enjoyment. And how did he do it? He did it with his spoken word. The word that he spoke out was full of faith, God's faith. And he spoke these things into existence. There was darkness and the Holy Spirit was hovering until the Spirit or till God himself said, let there be light. And then there was light. And do you know, I, I looked up on Google, that light is a living force And when he said, let there be light, light is still being. And uh, this is what one little uh, blurb said about it, that light moves at a velocity, not a velociraptor, um, a velocity of 300,000 kilometers per second. From the moment God said, let there be light, that light is just going out there. And it's full of life and power and light. What was it that God used to form the earth? To bring in light? It wasn't a big bang theory. That all of a sudden all these molecules came together. And formed trees and things like that. No, it was the very faith of God. That he used in his words to create. And the Bible tells us. That he wants us to be just like him. If you look down a little bit um, in Genesis, it says, let me look there. I think it's 126. Let us create, make mankind in our image after our own likeness. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the beasts, and over all the earth, and over everything that creeps upon the earth. God created us in his image and likeness, and we're to imitate him. Ephesians five one says that we're to be imitators of God, just like you know, good dads, their sons, their daughters will imitate them, and sometimes they imitate things that aren't good as well. But we are to be like him. We're to use his words to create the circumstances and change the world we live in. We can have an effect on the overall world with our words, but it's your domain. It's, it's where you live that your words can have an effect If you don't release faith in God's words, they're not going to produce anything. They'll just lay dormant. God gave us right here a living seed book. It is between two covers. It's black and white ink and red where Jesus spoke. But this is living seeds that when we take them, and we plant them in our heart, they will produce a crop. They'll produce a harvest. We've, we use this verse around here, you know, so often. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans ten seventeen. You know, you can come to church on Sunday and now Wednesday night, or you can listen to podcasts and things like that. And that does you some good because we, we are getting a measure of faith that way. But the best way that you're going to get faith to abide in your heart and grow is by you taking these promises and speaking them out of your mouth and allowing them to take root in your heart and produce after their kind. If you need finances, find scripture on finances. If you need health, find scripture on health, and it will produce but it's not until you do something a farmer knows if he doesn't plant the seed in the ground that it's not going to produce a harvest you're not going it's just going to lie there and so it's up to us to put it in our eyes in our ears have it come out of our mouth you believe yourself more than you do anyone else and so when you're hearing your own voice speak God's word it will it will become more real to you more quickly than if you are just listening to someone else. Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's the lack of knowledge of what God's word says. It's not, if you notice, it doesn't say, you know, my people are destroyed because the devil is so big and bad that you can't overcome him. No, it says because... People don't have knowledge that God says that by his stripes I'm healed and made whole. That Galatians 3.13 says that I am redeemed from the curse, all of the curse. And you can read the curse over in Deuteronomy. And he says in his word that I don't have to have sickness and disease. But if you don't know that, then what's going to happen? You'll be destroyed in that area. It's where we don't have knowledge. Lack of knowledge can kill you. You know, you can, you can go to a church, and many people do, from, you know, their grandma and great-grandpa, maybe somebody founded the church, but there's no faith there. And they continue to go because they won't step out away from this tradition or whatever. Yet, faith isn't being preached. And they're being buried because they don't know what the Word says about healing and, and health. And Pastor Dan and I endeavor to give you the whole gospel. Somebody asked in the coffee shop, what kind of church are you? And I said, cover to cover. We believe everything <laughs> in it. You know, we believe what God says in his word. And it's up to us to give that to you. But it's also up to you to get it in your heart yourself. It's, it's the best thing that you can do for you is to put the word of God in. Isaiah 5.13 says, Therefore my people go into captivity to their enemies without knowing it and because they have no knowledge. If you don't know that the blood of Jesus can keep you and help you to overcome things, the word of God is full of promises to help you overcome addictions and things that we all would face in our life. What happens, you go captive to the enemy, to these things in the world, and it's the word of God that's going to set you free. It's renewing your mind with the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, which is our soul, and the immortal spirit, and of the joints and marrow, of the deepest part of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of our heart. That's kind of a hard pill to swallow sometimes. You're reading the word, and the word itself will reveal what's in your heart. And conviction will come, not condemnation, because that's not who the Spirit of God is. But conviction comes that you're not doing this, or you shouldn't be doing that, or, you know, he's impressed on you, something about adjustments that need to be made. And so the the Word of God is acting like a mirror. It's showing you, and, and we see that in the Word. You need to make changes here. I love you. That's why I'm showing it to you. It's not to condemn you, but it's to show you. So your own heart shows you when you're reading the word. I need to do some things, you know. God's word is a living substance. It's alive. It's a living vital force that is filled with God's faith. And it's sharper than that two-edged sword. The Passion Bible says... For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, and it pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword, than a two-mouthed sword. God speaks his word, and then we in agreement also speak his word, and it becomes a two-mouthed sword. The Greek uh, word for sword is, I think it's, (laughs) I'll spell it, M-A-C-H-E. A-I-R-A machera, which means razor sharp and in the Roman uh, soldiers weaponry they had a little sharp two edged almost like a dagger we always think of these big long swords but that was for close contact get up under the rib cage or whatever with it that's what the <laughs> I not try to be gross or anything When you're in a crisis moment, did you know when the enemy's coming at you from all sides? That's not the time for you to try to memorize scripture. You need to have that in your arsenal. It needs to be in your heart. Because in a season of, you know, sometimes you're attacked or you're blindsided, is that what they call it, or whatever, and You don't have your Bible, you don't have your pastor with you, or you don't have a friend who speaks a word. And you need that word coming right up out of your spirit, like the Bible tells us, a word in due season. If there's not anything planted in your heart, then the Holy Ghost doesn't have anything to give you, to to deliver you in that situation. And so putting the word in is so important. We need to put the word in our eyes, in our ears, speak it, mutter it out of our mouth, and then let it drop down in our heart. Romans ten eight says, The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. We've got to spend time putting it in. You cannot survive without giving attention to the word. It's just you're going to be your spirit man's going to be dried up, shriveled, lifeless, has nothing to offer and your flesh is going to run wild. Your flesh is going to be in control. And so I want to read you Proverbs 420 through 24 and I know it's familiar but I want you to just listen to the words of it in light of taking the word of God and putting it in your heart. Listen carefully, my dear children, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. This goes along with what Pastor Dan has been preaching. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into into your spirit. Then, as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into your very core of your being. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellsprings of life. I think this last part sometimes... um, we don't put much attention towards it or we think that, oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Our family are big kidders. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using perverse words no matter what. And that doesn't mean that you're you're always cussing or you're saying dirty things or telling dirty jokes or things like that. It's the things that go contrary to the word of God and like I said, we've been studying on words from Andrew Womett or not Andrew. <laughs> you were just talking about him Charles caps um and it's the words that come up against the Word of God that scared me to death i'll I laughed till I died. that makes me sick. oh, that's sick, you know. Words that we don't realize that there is force behind it. Your your words are either bringing force for life or force for death. And so a lot of times, we just let our mouth rattle off. What is up? <laughs> That's holy water. Um, I'm glad it's not being recorded. Um, no, it isn't. <laughs> anyway, you know... Our family growing up, we would say things that, you know, teasing about people or making fun and doing things like that. And, you know, we're to be loving and kind with our words. We're to use our words to bring life to people and encouragement. Not to, you know, sometimes they say in teasing there's a lot of truth sometimes. You're teasing somebody about something, but you're really jabbing them with that. You know, I'm just kidding. So we've got to watch what we say. Here we're told that our thoughts, when they become God's thoughts, they'll penetrate into our heart, deep into our spirit. We're also told told to guard our heart, to protect the word of God that's in our spirit man. We don't want to muddy the water, so to speak. And you can do that with everything the world has to offer everything on TV, everything you can put in your ears and your eyes will muddy your spirit don 't you want to get to the place where you can hear the voice of God in a dangerous situation and he 's like don 't go there or stop at a red light when you you know you have the green or something. I had that happen to me when I was carrying my son Daniel. We lived over in Missoula we 're coming off the South Hills, and usually when that bottom light was green, they're all green. And I was going to a doctor's appointment, and that unction from the Lord came, stop. Well, why would I do that naturally? I've got a green light. But I heated it because it was such a strong, you know, stop. And here an elderly couple in a big old heavy Cadillac ran the red light. And it would have probably killed me on the driver's side and Dan. And so, you know, we want to be so in tune with the spirit of God. And it's going to take getting the junk out, not allowing ourselves to sit and feed on everything that the world has to offer. You know, you want to be strong when you need to be strong and authoritative in the word of God. But if it's all cloudy and muddy with all this other stuff, it's not going to happen. And Christians blame God. Oh, I tried that or I did this or I did that and it didn't work. And so, where is the fault really? It it comes back to us. We need to do our part. John 6:63 6, says, Jesus said, "It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing." The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. God's words are life to us, healing and medicine to all of our flesh. Words spoken out of our mouth can either bring blessing and cursing, life or death, health and wholeness, or sickness and disease. We know that Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. Satan comes for our words. He's coming so that we will line our mouth up with the things that he's bringing to us. He comes to the believer and he speaks or he brings issues or a bad report, or whatever it is, and he wants us to align ourselves with that situation. He wants us to begin to declare. And I almost started doing that tonight. <laughs> so <laughs> we got a, sh- a shipment of our sandwich uh, station today. Well, you know, customers are still coming in and want food, and the kitchen is a disaster. And I knew I had to get up here tonight, and I was, when I got home, you said something like, how are you doing, or whatever, and I said, sometimes it's better not to say anything than to open your mouth, because the enemy wanted me to start spewing out, I'm too tired, Wednesday night's not going to work, it's too much pressure, how are we going to do this, you know, on and on, to to come up against God's plan for our church to have Wednesday night services or, you know, whatever the plan is for the buzz and things like that. We have to guard our mouth. Don't go with your emotions. It has nothing to do with how you feel, you know. It has everything to do with speaking life and declaring what you truly want and what you truly believe. Mark 4.15 says, And these are they... By the wayside, where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their heart. He comes for our words again. He is an enemy. He steals, kills, and destroys. But how did he get the word out of this person's heart? It says the word was sown, it says they heard. So how did it happen? What happened? Well, that word, wayward, kind of stood out to me today. So I looked it up in the dictionary, and it says, the side of or land adjacent to a road or a path, it's out of consideration into a condition of neglect or disuse. So they're saying the wayside is just kind of off to the side. There's nothing there. It's just probably weeds or whatever. So the enemy, I think that's ice falling down. (laughs) The enemy is able to steal the word out of a believer's heart when they don't have an intimate relationship with God, when they're neglecting to pay attention to their spirit man on the inside, when they're allowing the junk of the world and weeds and wrong thinking, doubt, unbelief, worry, fear, whatever to come in, the word has to try to filter through all that to get a root. And so it's unable to get a root because of all the junk in their life, and so the enemy is able to snatch that right out of their heart. Because when we looked at what Proverbs said, it said... um, Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Now, there's a battle right there between the word of God having time to get down into your spirit and everything else that's going to try to take it from you. We have to be aware that the enemy never sleeps. He's always endeavoring to get us to let go of the word of God. There's little or no faith that is built into the soil of a person's heart in this condition. And so they have great difficulty believing what God says and receiving it and holding on to it for themselves. Um, Matthew twelve thirty four through 37 says, For out of the fullness or the overflow, the superabundance, of the heart the mouth speaks. The good man from his inner good treasure flings forth good things, and the evil man out of his inner evil storehouse flings forth evil things. But I tell you, on the day of judgment, men will have to give an account for every idle, inoperative, non-working word they speak. For by your words you will be justified and acquitted, or by your words you will be condemned and sentenced. Whatever is in your heart will create the world you live in. It will produce what's being sown in your heart. If you've spent years speaking negative, doubt-filled, critical, judgmental, non-working, perverse, remember we didn't. Perverse doesn't have to mean, you know, something dirty or like that. It's twisted speech is what it is. It's words that go against the Bible and what it says for your life and your situation. Um, if you've been speaking these kind of things over your circumstances, your finances, your health, your w- relationship, your weight, your intelligence, all these kind of things, it's going to take us repenting first of all that's a word we don't like <laughs> because you've been you've been going contrary to the word of God we need to speak what God says <clears throat> and if you haven't been doing it you need to you need to repent and ask God to forgive you and then you need to get into the word and let the word renew your mind we don't want to just you know Go through life. God has given us promises that we can use for every situation in our life. And it's of the utmost that we use them now in the days that we're living in. But you can go through life beat down, you know, just being overrun by the enemy. Or you can rise up and take the word and begin to use it, begin to put it in your eyes and your ears coming out of your mouth. You know, um, I shared this with the ladies. Can I have my phone there? This, this week, uh, something kind of rocked my world a little bit and was a challenge for me to, um, just have joy and peace and all those kind of things. And, Um, In the morning, I do the devotional, which most of you see or whatever. And I was just like, you know, Lord, I really, I need something. Because I knew I couldn't go over into that realm of letting myself think and go down that vein. And so um, I was just sitting there praying in the Holy Ghost. And this is the one that he gave me for Tuesday. And it so ministered to my heart that it turned the situation right around. I was able to come right out of it. It says, there is power in your voice, Joel 3.10. Let the weak say, I am strong. That's what caught my eye. In, a, in the Passion, it says, a warrior. I had a reference for Psalm 28, 7 and 8. The Lord is my strength, impenetrable shield. My heart trusts in, relies on, and confidently leans on him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. The Lord is there, and I put my unyielding strength. He is my, the stronghold of my salvation. To me, his anointed, and this was a little thing I wrote with it, Sometimes when strength is gone, emotionally, physically, mentally, simply lifting your voice, filling your mouth with God's word, will bring the supernatural strength you need to take on another day. Look up, fill your mouth with words of hope, truth, and peace, for this is where your help comes from. So a lot of times, you know, in situations, you don't want to, go to church, you're being overwhelmed by something, situations are that you're dealing with are, you know, seem more than you can bear. I promise you, if you'll sit and ask the Holy Ghost to show you something specifically for you, that strength from this word that created the universe has the same power as when he said, let there be light. And it'll penetrate into your spirit. It'll give you the strength or the faith or the peace or the joy or the whatever you need to get up again and to keep on going. You know, pastors are human beings just like everybody else. We have feelings and emotions, and we're not always, you know, gung-ho. But if you learn to encourage yourself with the word of God, not just, okay, I'm going to church, that's good, I did my little, what is it, a little token thing that pool people, you know. Do it on a daily basis. Do it, you know, before you go to bed. Turn the TV off and sit and read the Word of God. There's so many avenues that you and I can put the Word in. We, You know, little booklets that have just scripture in it. Let that fill your heart as you go to sleep. The Lord never sleeps. He never slumbers. He wants to speak to you. The Bible talks about him speaking to you on your bed, in your bed. A lot of times I'll wake up, I mean, just before the, I'm fully awake, and there's something the Lord is saying, whether it's a scripture or a song that I remember from our childhood or whatever, that um, just ministers to us. But if you don't put it in, there's nothing there for the Holy Ghost to bring up. So this is part one. (laughs) But um, I just encourage you, it, it is transforming my life. And what you see out there, like I've told the ladies, what you see right there is the word in manifestation. Because I've spoken it for three years the existence of that coffee bar so let's just pray and i hope this just kind of give you a little bit to chew on tonight and father we're just so grateful for the word we thank you that it has power overcoming ability it has victory it has peace it has joy there's not one question that we would ever have that you don't have an answer for And we can know that by your spirit. And so, Father, I thank you for each one that came out tonight. I pray that this word would just minister life to their hearts and that they, too, would have that dogged determination that I am going to get into the word of God. I'm going to let it penetrate into my spirit. I'm going to let it take root. And then when I need a word from God... The Spirit of God will bring that up out of my spirit. It'll be a word in due season for someone. It'll be a word for me that will help strengthen me to overcome the obstacles that I face in life. Father, we give you glory and honor. We worship you tonight because you are holy. And Lord, I thank you that you never leave us. You will never fail. And you are a faithful God. We praise you for everything good in our lives comes by your hand. Now, as everyone goes, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers them, that will come back together on Sunday. Father, that will stir others to come to the house of God and to hear the word. We'll invite We'll take them to lunch, whatever needs to be done, Lord, to see this house filled. We thank you and praise you again in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.